My friends, welcome. The food wars have gone hot. Very hot. And by that, I don't just mean the spontaneous combustion of farms and poultry operations and food warehouses and grain elevators and sugar refineries and distribution centers and meatpacking facilities and the port of Beirut and so on and so forth. Indeed, in the last 24 hours, the entire alternative media and even Tucker in the mainstream media uh, are talking about this. There's an explosion of awareness of the fact that our food supply is under relentless attack, that there is a manufactured situation going on, an engineered food shortage ahead. Indeed, when I talked about this in this report, Food Supply Spontaneously Combusting, back in 2020, many people dismissed it as a conspiracy theory. After all, it was only a Two Sigma event back then. Uh, that's why I created this map, the Food Supply Incident Map, to try and keep track of all of these things. And indeed, some of these events are still impacting us today, over two years later. I'll pull some of those up tonight, briefly. But now that it's a Three Sigma event, meaning off the charts, nearly impossible, statistically, from an actuary standpoint, no rational person would conclude that there is not something going on, that these are not deliberate attacks on our food supply, not to mention the fact that there are people at work who have the means, motive, and opportunity to damage our food supply in order to take control over it, everyone is finally getting the picture. Now, all of these explosions don't even mention the fact that there are hundreds of millions of chickens being killed in the name of PCR tests for a bird flu that no one can prove exists, or the fact that Union Pacific has cut off shipments of fertilizer, or any of the other terrible policy decisions that have limited agriculture's ability to produce food that we've talked about here on the Ice Age Farmer channel. And indeed, the FBI just today warned that even more attacks would be coming to food production, now in the form of the cyber pandemic that Klaus Schwab promised, with ransomware attacks upon grain elevators and other uh, facilities that would cripple production during the critical planting and harvest seasons. And we'll talk about that too, but again, we are under attack and everyone knows it now. And so the question is, how do we respond? And in that regard, and I think most important tonight, we've just seen what could easily be dismissed as one chicken farmer somewhere doing something crazy. But what in my view is a seismic shift in the awareness of this food attack on our planet. And that is this, the chicken sale heard round the world. When the state of New York, like 28 other states, and other nations for that matter, announced a ban on the sale of live birds, Clucking Ridge Farms responded, No. No, we will not comply. Their reasoning? It's quite simple. We cannot run our farm without selling our poultry. That's, that's what we do. What you're talking about is biosecurity precautions actually translates in reality to shut down your operation, and we will not do that. Now, this is a major milestone. It marks, in my view, the first divergence from the mainstream food supply, which is being taken over by the technocrats and reshaped, and in emerging what they will call black market of food. People who will not comply 
with this takeover. Because feeding your family is a basic human right. Raising animals, whether for meat or for manure to feed your garden, is a basic human right. These are inalienable rights. You cannot sell them, though they are certainly trying. I've covered before the government in the Netherlands trying to buy pig rights from farmers, bribe them effectively with $700,000 for the sale of the right to ever raise pigs ever again, which basically means they're making it illegal to raise animals, right? I've covered this before in a report entitled Criminalization of Raising Animals as the Dutch are selling pig rights. But again, This is expected, and even last week we saw the World Economic Forum come together to talk more about how we're going to reshape agricultural systems, create zero-emissions food systems, which of course means a zero-animal economy. That's why they also call it a post-animal economy. And now we are witnessing them execute on that agenda through these contrived bird flu scams, and pig rights, all of these things, just like the warehouse fires that everyone is talking about right now, are abundantly clearly a takeover of human food production. And I think now everyone sees it, which also means now they're going into hyperdrive. And so now we all must work together to to reboot a decentralized regenerative food system. And that's where we are now, folks. Welcome. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. FBI is putting the ag industry on alert to watch out for cyber criminals. The agency warning that potential ransomware attacks could impact farmers and ag cooperatives during planting and harvesting seasons. Now, they say cyber actors may perceive cooperatives as lucrative targets with a willingness to pay due to the time-sensitive role they play in agricultural production. The FBI says six grain companies were targeted last fall and two others have already been attacked this year. In a public advisory, federal officials say a significant disruption of grain production could impact the entire food chain. Now he tells me hackers are generally opportunistic. FBI also mentioned that an attack on grain production would cascade into the rest of the entire food chain. Now, I find the timing of this announcement uh, spectacularly salient, given that everyone is talking about attacks on the food supply right now. So when better for the FBI than to come out and announce there are going to be cyber attacks as well? Of course, we can trust them. They keep a close eye on things. Just ask Gretchen Whitmer. Now, speaking of that conversation about things blowing up in the food supply... Um, I'm thrilled that it's happening. Like I said, it does have a relatively uh, a recency bias to it. And so I want to flash back just to a couple of the major incidents that are still on this uh, food supply incident map at icehfarmer.com slash fire. You can find that there. I haven't added the most recent incidents because I think we get it. I think everyone gets it. Everyone's talking about it. But a couple that stood out to me. Uh, the biggest egg factory in Ireland burned completely to the ground. You can tell there's no chickens anymore laying eggs in this facility. This was in October in 2020, and it processed several million eggs per day for all of UK and Ireland, where we are now hearing about egg shortages, right? So these are lasting, impactful events 
and that's why I'm bringing them back up today, and to illustrate that this has been going on for some time. This that everyone's talking about now. Mercifully, finally. So we can all respond finally so that we can go to everyone and this is why we've been saving seeds for seasons now and say oh you're, you're seeing it great here's some seeds start your garden now everyone everyone start your garden another one massive kent foods warehouse in the uk which was responsible it was europe's largest independent supplier of sugars sweeteners dairy products oils and fats much like azure standard was the largest independent distributor of groceries here that just have their headquarters burned down seems like the independent aspects of the food system are particularly uh explosive right now spontaneously combusting another uh series of fires that's worth our attention are these grain elevators here's one in saskatchewan that burned down this was on, on october 15th of 2020 and here's yet another in august of 2020 in iowa where the farmers were explicitly saying, hey, this is going to, we, we can't produce grains now. This is going to slow down our harvest. Quote, main concern among farmers is a lack of grain storage. I don't have a place to put my grain. Okay, so you see, this is, this is not just things exploding and then we can reroute. Like, yeah, we have some tolerance for errors or for problems. But when, <laughs> when there is a systematic degradation of facilities exploding around the world, a chunk here, a chunk here, pretty soon we're talking about these sorts of events that are impactful. The Domino Sugar Refinery in uh, Louisiana was another facility where 2 billion pounds of sugar every year were coming out of that factory and burned down completely. And of course, the more high-profile grain silos exploding in the port of Beirut. Now, two years later, Lebanon has plunged into food shortages, food riots, economic collapse, because that's what happens when you destroy a nation's ability to feed itself. And that's what's being done around the world right now. We should also step back and remind ourselves, among all these conversations about things exploding, that these explosions are happening against the backdrop of a food crisis already. Where multiple nations in Europe have stopped their exports of grains, the most recent being Kazakhstan, again a net exporter, stopping their exports, leaving the net importers high and dry, without a place to find food. This is a, I mean, this is... A recipe for disaster, and it is the formula that was explicitly laid out by John Podesta's food chain reaction game. Food crisis, food prices rising, nations stop their exports, we need global government to save us, and a carbon tax. This is the whole, this is that script, and we're walking through it now. It's worth mentioning as quickly as I can that production in South America is down right now, with USDA and other agencies writing down their estimates of corn and soybean crops coming out of um, Argentina and Brazil, respectively. We all have heard by now that the wheat crop in the U.S. has been devastated by the drought, particularly in Texas. It's basically a write-off. Uh, that means that the hard red winter wheat crop is the worst condition in a decade. Of course, that is about 40% of the total U.S. wheat production we're talking about right now. So when you've got the Black Sea region offline because of the war, the U.S. having the worst year in a decade, um, adding to global supply worries, as Reuters tells us here, we've got China claiming, if you believe them, that they are having the worst wheat harvest in history. And even if that was a lie when he said it last month, right now what's going on with Shanghai and beyond being locked down, farmers being arrested if they even try and get to their fields, Folks, the stories we're hearing out of China right now are so extreme 
that I, I dare not even speak them. It's just out of control, uh, and it is having very real effects on food production already. It remains to be seen how they handle that. You know, they've been stockpiling for years, including from the U.S., who's been more than help, uh, happy to sell all of our grains. We have no grain reserves. Uh, it was eliminated just before Obama. There is no strategic grain reserve in the U.S. anymore. China was stockpiling and has more than half the world's grains saved up over there, but now they're uh, destroying their production this year. It doesn't ex exactly make a lot of sense. Something crazy is going on in China, though. Like I said, no reasonable person could look at this and not see an attack on our food supply. And so that's why it's time to start growing food, no matter what they tell you about bird flu PCR tests or seeds saving being dangerous unless you buy from Monsanto. Just ignore all of this nonsense and get that garden in and grow it and save seeds and give it to your neighbors. If this conversation is starting to go mainstream and Tucker is talking about attacks on the food supply, then people are ready to have this conversation. So go out and have it, and let's all start growing food. Now, I asked a couple weeks ago, how are you growing more food than ever before? And I got a thousand plus emails. I responded to a couple hundred, but to everyone, thank you for your emails. I really appreciated hearing them, and I want to share just a couple tonight to give some examples of how people are growing in all sorts of different circumstances. So here's one from Elaine, who writes about how to have a garden without soil. She didn't, you know, the soil where she lives was terrible. And so what they did was uh, grow their leafy greens mostly using the Kratky method, for which you do need hydroponic nutrients, but it's still a great way to grow a lot of stuff in a smaller amount of space and it's easy to start up. So this is a, this is a fun one to try, especially when you're in an apartment, it can still work for you. Uh, she also mentions that she's using hugel culture to start building up hugel cultures where you bury a piece of wood and then cover it with dirt and it will uh, hold lots of moisture down in there and as it decomposes, release nutrients to the plants that you're planting into this mound. And that builds up a new layer of soil and organic matter on top. Again, if you, all of this is about growing the soil which is going to feed you in the future. Here's another one I received from someone in Sweden who has an apartment there. She has a, a balcony, and on this balcony, she hung these baskets over the edge and was able to harvest a half kilo of beans. But the key here is that most people wouldn't even think that they have space to grow, right? This is space that did not exist before she put those baskets there and created the space. And so that's why I wanted to share it, because... So often I hear, oh, I don't have room to grow, or I'm in an RV and I can't. It's like, dude, put stuff on your roof. Hang baskets over your ledge. Imagine if every apartment building, every floor had this kind of stuff growing up. This is an impactful difference, right? Just like every street median. When you start repurposing these things, you can make big dents in food production. And that's what we all need to be doing right now is softening our landing as much as possible. This is the rest of her Sweden apartment balcony garden where she's actually built a little raised bed even though she's not even on the ground floor, right? So you can do a lot wherever you are. I promise you just maximize what you're doing. Aquaponics is another thing you can do in a small apartment space. Here's what she gets out of that. Some beets and other awesome stuff. 
It's looking beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I also got a note from Billy over at Perma Pastures Farm about his awesome mutant chicken tractors that he's built and has a video explaining. Check out his channel. Uh, chicken tractors are a great way of keeping chickens but also distributing their fertility across your space. So check him out. And then stepping back, many, many notes that I received. And like this is part of the reason that I was so touched by them. And thank you again for them. Mentioned that as people started their gardens and started transforming their lives and their spaces, neighbors and family would come and they would see this. They would witness this transformation. They would taste how delicious food sovereignty is. And they would go home and start gardens too. So this is contagious. It is a food freedom movement that's happening here. That's why I say the food wars have gone hot. And now more than ever before in history, even more than the Victory Gardens in World War II, now people get it. They see the attacks on our food supply. They understand that we all eat every day and that this is not acceptable. And they are ready to go to work to help with your garden or start their own. So go have those conversations and grow as much food as you can this season and raise as many animals as you can sanely keep and spread the word. Thanks for watching, folks. You can find this report and all my reports on iceagefarmer.com. Many of my reports are no longer on YouTube, so you must go there or even to bitshoot.com slash iceagefarmer to find the years now worth of videos about other attacks to our food supply and why they're doing it, which is also very important. The great transformation of food, this desire to disconnect people from cultivation, uh, which is part of the transhumanist movement. Disconnecting us from food is a very primal thing. Again, years worth of research uh, on what's going on at IceAgeFromer.com. So check it out. Thanks for watching, folks. The food war has begun. Whose side are you on?